Welcome back, you horror fans out there. This is a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcasts, and slashing right into your earbuds right now is one of your hosts, me, yours truly, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the internet, slashing his way on the right side of the stereo is Drew Douglas. Yeah, I, you know, every time I say horror, it's almost like I'm saying horror. It's one of those words that I don't fully enunciate. I, I, I've always thought the same thing because anytime I say it, I feel like I say it incorrectly, or at least I'm not saying it the way that you should. So that way, whenever I say it, I'm expecting someone to be like, excuse me, what? But I've gone, <laughs> what'd you call me? Yeah, I've gone back and they're like, what fan are you? But then I have gone back. And I'm like, ah, it's not bad. Like I get it. But there have been a couple of times that after I've said it, I'm like, Hmm, I wish like real life at times you could hit rewind and then go back, fix it, click style, and then move forward. But oh well. Nonetheless, this is uh, this is going to be a fun podcast. I'm excited because we're doing something that we haven't done kind of in a while, right? Just focusing on one thing. Is that what you mean? Yeah. I feel like a lot of things that have come out recently are just not worthy of spending an entire. I honestly think we could talk about this movie for two hours. Yeah. I, I feel like we could separate this podcast into like a series and it's dedicated for that reason. But that's why I've been excited. I've been sitting on this discussion for so long and I'm not going to lie. It's been it's been difficult, a difficult, especially 48 hours since you just saw this movie that we're about to talk about uh, uh, two days ago. Yeah, it's still fresh in my mind. You've had a little bit more time to digest. Mm hmm. And I don't really think that the time will matter in terms of my opinion. Yeah, I, it's hard to say for myself because um, got a lot of thoughts. But um, of course, this is a movie we've been anticipating for a long time. Enough of kind of teasing and beating around the bush. What is this that we're talking about? Well, I mean, if you can read, you know, the title of this episode, you'll know that it's is Halloween ends, and you know, with Halloween just a few weeks away in real life. I guess it's 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 fitting that we're talking about. I would say, judging by the internet's reaction, and even real life, a very divisive Halloween movie for this franchise. Uh, we need to just immediately blare the spoiler alarms because from here on out, we're talking freely about Halloween ends. It was released this past weekend. You got to see it. Friday, I guess. Friday, yeah. Opening night, essentially. I had to wait for the weekend to end. Um, something you and I obviously were looking very much forward to. You and I love this franchise. We love the horror genre. Um, this wraps up the trilogy reboot of the John Carpenter classic that was released back in 1978. And it's been director David Gordon Green and Danny McBride being basically the brain trust behind this new trilogy. Uh, this follows Halloween Kills that came out in 2021. And like Halloween Kills, this one is getting torched by critics. The 2018 requel, Rotten Tomatoes scored 79%. The website's audience scored 71%. Mm -hmm. Halloween Kills had 39%. Uh, audience scored decent, 66%. I feel like that's a little surprising considering... I feel like that one gets unfairly ripped on. And as I've said before, and I know you agree, that one is underrated. I think in time that one will be appreciated a lot more. Uh, now, this is crazy. Halloween ends, and I just updated this. 
has the same score as Halloween Kills, 39% from critics, audience score 57%. So it's gone down every single time. Mm -hmm. Right off the bat, I have to know two things. First of all, do you loves or hates Halloween Ends, this final movie in this trilogy? And two, right now, where do you think it sits in the trilogy ranking? So not not including the OG 1978 movie, which is canon this follows that original movie but in the trilogy where does it rank this is tough and as i text you that i've been thinking about this on and off all day because both of these questions are very challenging for me i feel like some it'd be easy to say all right i know exactly what it's going to be um and which i believe my answer is going to be the opposite of what many feel um but to start I feel like Halloween Ends is a tricky movie to dissect because it feels like, and this is not an original thought, but I heard this and I'm like, that's exactly how I feel. It feels like two movies shoved into one and one movie is a Halloween movie and another one is not, but rather there's a short story or a short film of a Halloween movie in this movie and the rest is really uh, something totally different, which to me it feels like, if you married Christine, the movie, like, and there are so many reasons why I feel that. One, it's the birth of an evil, and also, like, this young teenager who has just been, like, bullied and wronged and all that stuff. Now, what makes him and Archie different, Archie from Christine, is that Corey, in this case, who we get in Halloween Ends, uh, he obviously has, he's, he's you know, basically... Uh, guilty of manslaughter, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> really, though? With that... I mean, that kid was a little dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he... Uh, can't say that, you know, that kid, he was uh, all that innocent because he was uh, just pushing his buttons. But the thing is... Um, and also, it takes place in a junkyard. So all of those elements remind me so much of Christine. So I love Christine so much. I love that story, both the movie and which was a John Carpenter film and also the book by Stephen King because of that. And even though this is so wildly different, I don't think it's the right ending we should get for Halloween, because I feel like if you were to marry, literally merge Halloween kills and ends into one movie, I think that would be a solid movie. But I still have to say Leading up to this and a long-winded answer, I love Halloween Ends. We always talk about in time, you know, rewatching things. Uh, I, you know, your opinions may vary a little bit. I don't think I. I genuinely do not think mine's going to change whatsoever. Man, this is so incredibly tough because I have, as I said, if you marry Halloween Kills and Ends, I think you've got a hell of a movie on your hands. Well, we talked about, too, Halloween Kills almost feels like it should be the last movie. Even before this ever came out, we were like, how do you even go on from here? And and that's where it's interesting because if you... I, I really wish instead of this trilogy, we really just had a first part and a set, like part one and part two. Well, you would just... If you're counting the original, like that's your first film, <laughs> and then you do... True. Two more. So it is strange yeah. in general that we got three of these to begin with. Yeah, and and now it's interesting because looking at this, I see this as an isolated trilogy, and I leave the first film out, even though obviously the first film had to have happened. 
But it's interesting because I see this as like self-contained. And maybe it's because we've got multiple timelines. But I'll quit dodging the, the question. Oh, this is tough. I don't know if I'm going to come to regret this answer or not. But honestly, I'm going to put at the very bottom is the 2018 Halloween. Okay, you're ranking. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm ranking. I'm putting, of the three, Halloween 2018 for number two. I'm going to go ends, and then I'm going to say kills. It's hard. Actually, it's not hard for me. It's actually not tough for me at all. And looking back, here's a weird thing. I have to say this real quick. Looking after seeing this movie and kills, I don't know if I'm that big of a fan of 2018 Halloween now. Like, it's okay, but it's gone down on my book big time. Oh, it's gone down a lot for me. It's one, it is a requel. They basically just spruced up the original movie. Mm -hmm. And there's just so many logical inconsistencies with that one that it's hard for me. I like it. I think it's directed really well. There's a lot of it that I like a lot. It's just it hasn't aged as well for me. Every time I rewatch them, there's I find things I just don't like. Instant reaction for Halloween ends. I loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. This is by far my favorite one. Hands down. Hands down. I think this is one of the better Halloween sequels. I look at Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, which just kind of pays homage to with its opening credits. The, people ripped that one to shreds when it came out. It was not what they expected. They wanted Michael Myers, and I understand why there was a lot of frustration. This one uh, is being ripped apart, and I think in time, people are going to look on this very favorably. This will have a cult classic status. I respect so many things that this movie does. One, because it is so radically different from what we expected and what we've usually been given. One thing, too, People rip these movies nonstop because they are the same thing every single time. So yeah. when they do something different and it's ripped, I don't know what fans <laughs> want. You get on the internet and spend any time searching comments or whatever, and people are like, they did Michael Myers wrong. And I guess I, I do understand that. Michael is not really a factor in this movie until yeah. maybe like the last 10 minutes. Yeah, he's sidelined. He's sidelined. But I find this story, and I love that you mentioned Christine because like an hour into it, I had to pause. I, it was like 55 minutes into it. And I, we watched this at home. My wife and I paused. I'm like, I got to go to the bathroom real quick. And I'm like, we're an hour into this and Michael's non-existent. And I'm starting to piece together where they're going with Corey. And we'll get into this plot in a second. And then when the pieces started clicking, I'm like, I know what they're doing. It's a little concerning. As it went on, I started to love it more and more. And I turned to her at one point. I'm like, this is Christine. It's, it's a teenager being infected by evil, just like the car infects arnie in christine it, it's lifting from one of my favorite stephen king books it's a john carpenter film that you and i both love uh so i, I was all in on that so we can talk about the plot right now because i think, I think that's what's made so many fans livid <laughs> because yeah. this movie opens in halloween of 2019 haddonfield illinois it's one year after michael returns and just goes wild in Halloween 2018 and Halloween Kills. And we are immediately introduced to this brand new character, and his name is Corey Cunningham. I've been thinking about Corey literally since the moment that movie ended. <laughs> I can't stop saying his name. I can't stop thinking about Corey basically taking over the mantle of Michael Myers briefly. 
I'm just going to call this the Corey conundrum. Oh. I would say unless you did any info digging before seeing this movie, you you this movie starts and you are, one, completely unaware of Corey because he's brand new, and you have no idea that he's going to be the main character of the final Halloween film, which is a ballsy move. Yeah. Ballsy move number one is you sideline Laurie, Allison, who we've been following the last two films, and Michael Myers. <laughs> I don't necessarily... It was a strange choice watching it for the first time. I actually don't think it's that strange looking back because Laurie and her family are the, the major focus in the 2018 movie, obviously the original. They're focused on Halloween kills, but they are sidelined because... I think David Gordon Green and Danny McBride with that film, the second one, are more interested in the trauma of the 1978 murders and then the reemergence of it. Like that these people decades later cannot get over what Michael did to them, either directly or indirectly. And it even leads into this one. Mm -hmm. So I think the seeds are already being planted that they're moving away from that. And it's more about the Halloween Kills essentially the focus is Haddonfield and not necessarily Laurie. Because she spends a lot of the time in the in the hospital. So now, in 2019, we meet Corey. He's babysitting this kid named Jeremy. Um, the kid pulls a prank on Corey, locks him inside the family attic. Corey flips out, and by this, by the, you know, the beginning of this movie, Corey seems like a very nice kid. He has plans for going to college and being like an engineer student. Uh, by all accounts, he's a good boy who goes bad as this movie progresses. I also have to say, I find it interesting that it sets those breadcrumbs right away because in the very beginning when he opens the refrigerator and they, the, fam, the, the parents are like, hey, have whatever you want. He grabs a Heineken and he looks at it, puts it back and grabs the chocolate milk instead. Chocolate milk. Something he grabs later. It's like the innocence is there and he's not ready to break bad. And he doesn't really want to. I don't think he ever wants to necessarily. He flips out in the attic. He's locked inside. The door slams into Jeremy. He goes flying over the railing of the banister and falls to his death. I mean, that was a pretty wicked death scene. <laughs> Wild death scene. Now, Jeremy, I'm not saying he deserved death. I don't think a kid deserves death, but he was a little twerp. And the theater, when that happened, there was a row right in front of me. And um, they literally, when the little uh, Jeremy hit the ground and like rocked his head Exploded back. Exploded you know? almost. He like uh, a blood spurt. Yeah, basically. That that was uh, no joke. There were, There's one guy who l basically jumped out of his seat. <laughs> it was surprising. Sadly, you know, the, the official plot synopsis mentions Corey being accused of murder. I mm. wish I didn't know that. I wish I didn't know that. And that's my own stupid fault for reading that. So you knew that going into this movie. I didn't. I had no idea how it factored into it. And I guess you could say that's not necessarily a, a spoiler. But it, it does show that that is going to be a huge focus of the movie. I could never figure out how until obviously seeing it. Hmm. Now, we pick up, I don't know, four years after this 2019 incident. Corey's been cleared of manslaughter. It's obviously tarnished his name. He's working in a junkyard for his father. Um He's got this bad reputation in Haddonfield of being this murderer of this child. It's all messed up. His life is completely messed up. Now, here's when we get into the meat of the story. Corey, he's being bullied by members of the Haddonfield marching band, which cracks me up that they're douchebags, <laughs> which I hated every one of these characters. Even the girl that acted like she didn't, she was like, stop, leave him alone. Like, quit hanging out with those douchebags. What are you doing? Right. 
but he's getting taunted. They end up shoving, one of the kids shoves him over like a bridge. He falls, uh, they scoot, and then his body is dragged away. And we know, we know that Michael Myers is the one who's dragged his body, and the body gets taken into a sewer. And apparently that's where Michael has been living for the past four years. And I like that because I feel like that's a little nod to Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. It is. Where after the incident of Halloween 4, a hermit takes in Michael, basically nurses him back to health. Uh, So I thought that was fun. Now, instead of killing Michael, uh, sorry, instead of killing Corey, little Michael, they have like this weird, they look, they like lock eyes. And they have, I would say, an almost psychic connection something where it's like Michael I mean it's pretty evident Michael basically understands the pain that Corey's gone through that it's very similar to what happened to him when he was a child though um Michael's was very clearly more intentional with what he did I don't know I don't he has compassion on Corey or whatever but I feel like that's when Corey is infected with Michael's evil uh, and and then the rest of the movie is uh, Corey just getting worse and worse and basically taking over the mantle of Michael Myers. He even dons Michael's mask and goes, I think, on one of the best killing sprees in the entire trilogy, <laughs> maybe even in franchise history. It's like yeah. 10 minutes of blood, and I absolutely loved it. Now, we talked about this being controversial. Corey's stories, I think, make or break for a lot of people. Did you did you like this choice? Actually, yeah, I did. And as you were talking about that, and because I've I've sat with this information for a few days, and it's the fact of as it plays out, I'm like, this is a. I really like this story. I think this is really interesting. It's it's fascinating how they worked in the Halloween characters into this, um, and I think this bumps it after you talked about it above kills for me because it is like. There's this supernatural feel because not only do we get this connection, as you described with Corey and Michael and this like passing, it's almost, you know, this uh, not reemergence, but he's channeling the evil into Corey. And it's like he knows his well, one, two, not to interrupt, but we we do see Michael in a very. He's like old man Michael, which we've never seen before. He's very weak, and it's almost like he's passing his essence onto him. Yeah. And it's very supernatural. And in Kills, the idea is brought up, and it's been brought up in like Halloween 6, that the more he kills, the power, you know, more powerful he becomes. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like drinking an energy drink for this guy. Yeah. He loves it. <laughs> yeah. And you get that whenever the first time he stabs and kills a guy, you see almost like uh, Michael where he's like jizzing in his pants because he, <laughs> you know, there's a moment where he's just like shaking he and it. he's like clenching his fist yeah. like Christian Bale is vice president Dick Cheney <laughs> having his ninth heart attack. And that's where actually, yeah, that's a lot like that uh, scene for vice. And then before Michael, he's just like shaking, he's shuddering. And it's like for that, he's, um, you know, he's literally, kind of coming alive in a sense. And I think that's an interesting way of showing that where he's feeding off of it, but he hasn't fed in a while. And I found that to be interesting. And like, as Corey's like, show me, you know, how to do this. It's interesting that you literally get this like connection, this apprenticeship 
I found that to be interesting. And the more I've thought about it, because sitting on that, I'm like, I, I, I actually really do like that. I like the whole Corey. I don't find it as off-putting as so many other people have, because especially with this idea of what creates evil, but more than that is like, what happens when evil is reborn? And we get that in the opening title graphic or the 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 pumpkin as it's moving closer to the camera and it just keeps morphing into a different pumpkin. I this idea of I know Lori said this in past films, but evil changes shape or person or whatever, it's appearance. So I like this idea that we're basically getting Michael 2.0. And it's through Corey, and it's an unsuspecting person, but at the same time, unsuspecting is like, if you were to see this kid, if I were to see him, I, I would think, oh, well, he's just like an innocent guy. But um, they obviously took that and ran with that to make it even more terrifying. So yeah, I, I really like this. And I think if I just wish that we were to get that and kills and we were to slowly build up, you know, if they merge this with kills, that's where I think you could have a really good movie and trim it a little bit. And then I think you get something that's pretty solid uh, for both kills and ends. But I, I do, I do really enjoy the Corey. Uh, <laughs> basically Corey takes the cake for this entire movie. He's the plot line for most of it. He's he's our he's our main hero. Now it's not only infecting Corey too, but at the beginning of this movie we're seeing the ramifications it's had on Haddonfield where people are like committing suicide and there's been more violence. Like the evil is spreading even beyond Corey, which I thought was cool. Like this this one person has completely wrecked Haddonfield, which by the end of this movie, it's I I guess basically put together put to bed and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, I do think there's some, I, I love the whole Corey thing. I do, th I think, do think it brings up some inconsistencies in, in terms of the characters. Like Corey is connected to Lori and Allison. Allison is living with Lori now after the death of her mom, uh, Lori's grand or not grand Lori's daughter. They've seemingly moved on and are living, I would say very normal, li different lives than what they were living in, at least what Lori was living, living in. 2018 she's writing this memoir she's mm -hmm. i would say a lot happier i don't think she's drinking like she she is in that 2018 movie allison is uh a nurse at the hospital they seemingly are more put together yeah um, but i thought it was a little strange that allison meets Corey at the hospital he's been beaten up by the bullies Lori brings him in kind of in a way to set the two up because she she sees, you know, this innocent figure in Corey. And Allison, within the span of like two days, falls in love with this guy, I think, is willing to just like completely abandon, burn down Haddonfield, I think is what they say, and just like leave town with him. Yeah. I, I thought that was a strange choice, an unrealistic choice because of how put together Allison basically is in the first two movies. It seemed against her character, but I... I'm now wondering, you know, Corey's been infected by Michael and he gets crazier as the movie goes on. And you, we're seeing that happen. And I wonder if his crazy is like bleeding into her. Do you think that's the way it is? Or was this just like a weird, like maybe a bad script idea? Oh, wow. I, I think it was, 
I just feel like it was bad. Um, like she was just looking for that escape, looking for love in bad places. She's like going out with the, this like cop guy who I couldn't figure out. I was like, you went on a date with that guy? You were boyfriend and girlfriend with that guy? Who? This guy looks like a chump. Yeah, yeah. And that's where I'm just, I don't quite buy it. Um, I think it would be interesting if she wasn't dating the guy, but maybe he was really interested and she didn't like him. I think that makes more sense for that. You know, where you end up seeing, like, she's interested in, like, a Corey, but not the uh, officer or the deputy. And then, I mean, the other thing is, like, I, I will say not only does her character feel different, but so does Lori. And I understand that, like, four years have passed and she's been able to maybe get a better grip on things. But Lori just, in the very beginning, I'm like, I kept hearing people rave about Jamie Lee Curtis's performance, and I love Jamie Lee, but she was just playing Lori totally different. Yeah. In the first, like, 15, 20 minutes. And it just seemed, like, there are moments where it seemed like it was the same as 2018 and uh, Halloween and then Kills, but just, like, whenever, what was it? She said, sometimes you just got to rip off your shirt and show the world your boobs or something like that. And, like, there was a line like that. I'm like, that doesn't seem like Lori from 20... And I understand that she's, like, tried to recover and all that. But I don't know. That, to me, I is... I just wondered if it was, like, a fake... Like, like I've got myself together. I've moved on. And, and we know deep down that's really not the case. It's all kind of an illusion. Yeah, I mean, basically, from the point of when she starts being sus- suspecting of Corey, that on felt natural. That felt right. I just don't, that was the one part I like to go back and rewatch it because to me, I just had a disconnect with Lori during that. Um, and other than that, I mean, I dug Jamie Lee. I have dug her in this back as Lori, but that's the only part of these three movies that seemed a little off for me. Um, and the most inconsistent, I would say. I mean, I also thought it was weird too. Like Lori realizes what's going on with Corey, or at least has an inkling that he's gone off the deep end. And she's trying to warn Allison. Allison, like, snaps at her. It's like, yeah. you, you can't move on. And I'm like, Michael Myers killed her daughter, killed your mother. I I feel like if that had happened, you should be a little more trusting that, oh, maybe this person's not wrong. Because <laughs> she does the same thing in the first one, and Lori's not wrong. Yeah. Seems like maybe you should not do that. Yeah. Uh, so let's do some rapid-fire loves-hates. I got some questions for you. Number one, loves hates Michael's death, the uh, the pre- the procession of his body and dumping it in the junkyard shredder. He was basically like a dead crowd surfer at a rock concert <laughs> <laughs> being carried through Haddonfield. And I couldn't help but think, imagine you're like seven years old and you go and watch that. And then like years and years later, you're like, yeah, one, one time there's this maniac that kept coming to my town and... He eventually was killed, and we watched him, you know, be carried through the streets and dumped in a shredder. People would think your town is nuts. Yeah, no kidding. I love, and I especially love how the sheriff, um, someone's like, that's not how we do things around here. And I think it's a sheriff, and he's like, it is tonight. Yeah, yeah. He, I, I do like that it brings back characters that we've won. This entire trilogy definitely feels like a huge the it's the Haddonfield cinematic universe where we're <laughs> seeing characters again you know we see the kid from the first one back and he's years older I, th- I like that this like feels like a big universe yeah that I I, I enjoyed the callback to that 
as far as what they did to the body, I was like, oh, they're going to go cremate him. <laughs> but when they take him to... The, what if they actually buried I him? Like, <laughs> I was... I, when they were... They, like, hauled him on top of the car, and they, like, strapped him down. I'm like, okay. And then they had, like, this giant procession, as you said, through the streets. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, that was... I was like, what? There's no way. Like, they just... They they sounded the tornado sirens of the town for yeah, Haddonfield, and they were look. like, "All right, yeah." I, I initially thought they were just calling people out to look, be like as proof, and then I was like, "Well, I wonder if they're gonna like set them on fire." And I, I I didn't I didn't even think that they were gonna shred it, and that makes the most sense. Yeah, I I honestly thought they were gonna go cremate them. Like, all right, go cremate, burn the body, because I do love where Allison's like, uh, someone asks, "Is he dead?" He's like, "Not dead enough," and then I'm like, "All right, I know." we got to like burn the body. Right. But then throwing him into a shredder and then his head burst like a, <laughs> like a pumpkin, you know? Yeah, exactly. Just like when Lori shot the pumpkin earlier, but, uh, honestly, I, I hate that. I wasn't oh, a huge fan of that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Did you think it was like a hu- corny or you just don't think it fit? I just, I, I was like with the whole procession and all that stuff, I'm like, I like it because sometimes you need to see that to be able to get over things. And like I said, this whole town has been infected by Michael that I think it makes sense. I get why they did it. I like it. I don't mind it. Now, if they if they were to like everyone walked out on their lawn and saw that they were literally hauling him down the streets uh, and then you ended up having like a few people who showed up, um, I'd be okay with that. But and then also like replace the shredder with the cre- crematory and it's just like burn him alive not alive he's dead but burn him kill like you know destroy the body that way but yeah that shredder i was like okay that's an interesting choice they're going back to the scene of Corey. i know it, it's all got to go back to the junkyard <laughs> that's like the main that's like the main not the main setting but i do like that that's kind of the center of this movie and which i do like i do like that setting because again it's it's christine again it's it's yeah. we're we're lifting from that, which I think is fantastic. And the other uh, side note, just a random John Carpenter thing is they're watching the thing, yeah, at the beginning of the movie, which is fun because in the 1978 movie they're watching the old version of what John John Carpenter remade. I can't say John Carpenter for some reason. It's the C A. Oh. I, I I say John Carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, I can't speak, so that's kind of sad. Uh, now, loves hates Corey's death. I like this because. If you keep him alive, there's always that chance that this is where the franchise is headed next. I don't. I wanted this to just end, end this story. So I'm happy that he. I'm happy that he's like fully dead. Yeah, I am too. I lo- I loves that, and I also loves how it turned out where he went to go kill Lori, and then Lori's the one who killed him, and then uh, and then Michael comes in as well to. Um, reclaim the mask and he's like all right you little punk i'm gonna take over and um, yeah so that i like that aspect um i the fact that michael uh, let me go back to michael's death i i do like that michael died i do i do like that i, I think it'd be interesting if it was maybe a little more ambiguous but i was okay with him actually like going out no he we need closure he's basically yeah. crucified too <laughs> he's like yeah got his arms splayed out um yeah, weirdly I, enough, yeah, I like that he and they pin it. Yeah, it, the whole thing was like uh, a crucifixion. 
Now, Lori's ending, after all these years in movies, Michael's dead, she's alive, and she finds love, and she's, I would say, leaving Haddonfield, hopefully for good. She should have left after 1978. Like, just no go. Kidding. Just go. And you would have to, <laughs> none of this would have been a thing. Uh, I like this. I, I did see that David Gordon Green said that they initially had different endings for the movie, and, and some were very bleak. And I'm like, oh. I don't, I don't think you can do that. You can't yeah. build this up and then have her die too. And I don't want her like what? I guess my thinking is, what's the point of doing these movies if you're not going to give her a satisfactory ending? If they would have killed her, I would have been so mad. I yeah. would have been so mad. Yeah, I, I'm glad it ended. That her story ended this way too. That we get, we truly do get a happy ending. I'm good with that. She gets to go off, look at the cherry blossoms, go bang, um, oh. the Deputy Hawkins. I think that's good. But and and that way she can have another daughter. <laughs> it might be it might be too late for that. Now, did oh. you have a um a favorite Michael or Corey kill? Honestly, no. Well, I guess it would be maybe the death of Corey at Michael's hands. But um, that's your favorite one. No, 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 no. Not my favorite. My favorite, by, hands down, is the Corey blowtorch to the face. Whenever oh, my he, goodness. I forgot about that one. He ta- And I love the way that it's shot, too. I love the way that David Gordon Green has directed that scene because you see one of the girls in the background. She's trying to get out. And Corey literally takes that. I think it's a, it was a welder and literally lights the dude's face up, who's the most in, intense. In his and mouth. Like, I was legit clapping in the theater. Oh, it was fantastic. I, I, I After that ended, I was like, that was an amazing death. And I love it, too, because <laughs> we that's like one of the first things we see Corey doing. He's like welding something on a car. And he takes, <laughs> yeah. That whole junkyard sequence is amazing. I'm telling you, this has like a stretch. When he puts on the mask, and it's like a stretch of, I think, some of the best killing that's ever been in this franchise, too. I love also... As he's wearing the mask, he's slowly becoming Michael, walking slower. He's got that cadence, everything about yeah. it. I, this this whole thing is amazing. Uh, the junkyard thing is really good. I love the DJ death. I thought that was, it was oh. nasty, but it was also funny. He cuts the dude's tongue off. The record spins around with his tongue. You know, he's been just jawing nonstop. And there's teeth <laughs> all over the vinyl. It was, that was hands down the best one. I love that one so much. That one, I was expecting it to get more of a reaction, but I ended up laughing with the tongue hitting the needle and it kept like kept just skipping. <laughs> yeah. And I love how Allison is listening and she's like, what is that sound? And it's a tongue catching the needle. Yeah. She's like, this, this radio station sucks. <laughs> um, now, where does the, go, the franchise go next? Because I think from here on out, you just start something brand new. You don't continue this story. Blumhouse said this is their last one and that the rights to Halloween have gone back to producer uh, Malik Akkad. So I guess whatever he wants, like I guess Blumhouse could sign another deal, but they they have basically implied that they're done with it. But it's such a moneymaker that I wonder if that's, I wonder why you wouldn't try to continue it. Yeah. I thought too, you know, the final shot of this movie is Lori's house. The Michael mask is like on her, just like one of her tables. And I wondered, would it be interesting if like that's stolen at some point and we have almost a scream type movie where there's someone dressed as Michael killing people and we have to guess who it is. 
but is that too is that too much like a like a scream slasher that it's just kind of lame yeah i honestly um I think you do an anthology. I like that idea. And I do like the idea of the mask being taken. Like maybe it goes missing and then it's like, it adds this idea of like, oh, it's like Michael disappearing. But then the, maybe the mask shows up and you get someone who is like a Corey or someone who's a little deranged or maybe it's used for taunting and it's used as a, uh, it could be used in a, in, in a way that we see it pop up every now and again. But I would 100% love to see it go to an anthology series, and it'd be awesome if Carpenter was involved somehow and he got to tell some of his stories. But, you know, I don't know if they will do that. I think the idea of Halloween or Michael Myers and Halloween are so synonymous with each other. How can you, you know, do that? It's weird because, like, I also think what I do love, too, is that Halloween is, with these three movies, synonymous with Laurie Strode and vice versa where you had to have Lori and Michael to have a Halloween movie. And I like that, and I like how it, it truly concluded. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it's like it would be okay if this didn't continue, but it makes too much money that it will continue in some form or fashion. We will see Michael again, but I do think this is the last time we've seen Lori. Well, we may hear her mentioned, but we won't see she's, her again. She's for sure done, and... I'm not in the camp where I think these need to stop. I like them. Even when they're kind of a miss for me, I, I enjoy them too much. I think, too, you don't need you don't need Lori because we've shown with Halloween 4 and 5, at least in my opinion, that you can carry it on without. You can include yeah. Michael, which you, you can't necessarily do that with this story because he's he was shredded. Right. But you could continue and find a, a way to navigate around Lori not being present. Um, but yeah, man, Halloween ends. I, I have a strong desire to rewatch it this weekend. We watched it at home. It ended, and I'm not kidding. I wanted to restart it immediately. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, when this movie ended too, I was totally good with, I, I really wanted, I, I enjoyed the ending, as I started to say. I was totally good with the ending. And I found the movie pretty satisfying and i i knew the score unfortunately going into this movie as well uh like you you were forced to know the score because of peacock yeah i wish they got to fix that that is lame and i will say one thing i i was very nervous about because i usually go in with some knowledge of the movie that i'm gonna see but i intentionally didn't watch anything past the teaser and i really didn't know reactions to the movie other than sadly when i was about to hit play and i saw i think it was like 42 percent at that point and I'm like, well, you know, Kill's got a bad, bad reviews. I don't really care. But I went into this basically blind. And I'm like, this is like the, this is, I know I'm not the first person to do this, but I'm like, this is the way to watch things. I went in yeah. with no notion whatsoever what it was going to be, be about. I didn't know any of what, and I rewatched the final trailer after the fact, after seeing it. And I'm like, they show not necessarily the kills, but you know who's going to be in trouble. Yeah, uh, and where it's gonna happen. I love not knowing that, and, and uh, so I might start doing that again. I, we what, we don't need to rank where this would be in the in the franchise. I think some time needs to go by. But what would you give this out of five Michael masks? Or let's do a Corey mask because <laughs> yeah. Corey. Let's Corey is the MVP 
of this movie. He's like my new favorite. I love the idea that they tag team at one point. We've never seen Michael Michael team up with anyone. And they're like they're like it's almost like perfect strangers. That old show, but like violent. Man, I, I keep going back and forth between three and a half and four. Yeah, me too. I, I lean I lean probably four. I like this a lot. Yeah, and I mean, there's there's a lot of, and I have to say, I have to correct what I said earlier. I called Arnie from Christine Archie, and it's Arnie, as you said. Um, but I just, there's something about that story of like someone who seems innocent or someone who's like just, you know, one bad day away from going off the edge. And that's what happened here. And it's sad, but it's also, that's the true terrifying point of this. And that's what I found to be scary. And another thing I was going to say, one thing I wish, what if as Lori takes off the mask, as he's pinned to her dining room tape or or to her island, rather, in the kitchen, that she takes off the mask and it's someone else. That that would have been awful. We've already seen that. (laughs) And that way it's like, what if Michael did die? What if Michael died in the sewer? He died all the yeah. He died all those years ago, and it was r- r- literally just someone just going nuts. Yeah, well, trying or to so, be Michael, or or he was dead in the sewer, and then a homeless person ended up taking the mask, and that's why he the person was weaker because they weren't truly Michael. I don't know. I think that was that would be that's another too far. We've gone. That's way too like convoluted, though. Yeah, I did true. wonder. I did wonder at some point in this movie, though whether Michael was real and Corey was like seeing him or something, you know yeah. what I mean? Like uh, an illusion. And I'm like, I, I, I hope they don't do that. I was wondering the same. Yeah, man. I love it. And I, you know, I just, it just now remembered there was a quote a long, you know, months and months and months and months ago when they were shooting this, that David Gordon Green said, where he said, this is, this is a coming of age story in, in the vein of Christine. And we could really? not figure out, we could not, I feel like we mentioned that on the show once and we could not figure out what that meant. Like, how is that? I don't understand that. That makes total sense now. Wow. That's blowing my mind because, yeah, I like it was so funny because while we get Corey and then we get him in the junkyard and then we get him like slowly turning bad, like this is Christine and I freaking love it. I love it, too. And I like that, you know, before he died, before he went too crazy, you know, he got he had some sexy time with Allison. Oh, (laughs) that was pretty cool. Uh, he, he got, he got to go out on top. I love it. Now, next week, I assume, I don't know if we're going to spend, well, we'll probably talk significantly about it, but we're going to talk about, um, Black Adam, which hits theaters this weekend. Now, the breaking news that I have is the embargo has lifted. It It is a Tuesday afternoon right now. On Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, now I'm getting a little. They're uploading reviews as we speak. So like the sidebar has a score, and then the main article has a different score. Um, what do you think? Now we on the Rotten Tomatoes game for the month of October. We we predicted. I don't know. Last month, I said 61 percent for Black mm-hmm. Adam. You said 65. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? It is on Rotten Tomatoes right now with 47 reviews locked in so far. It's, hmm, I feel like it's going to be relatively positive, uh, but it's so it's so incredibly tough because this is where it could go, hmm, I don't think it go 20% lower than, than what we guessed, 
but I don't think it will go 20% higher. I don't see this being like 85, 81 to 85. I don't see that happening. I do think that this could drop to like 45. Oh, goodness. Like, I, I don't know if it, if that's... But if I had to guess, it's going to be on the higher end. So my guess right now, early on, would be more positive because I feel like I've heard more on social media, like more positive buzz. So I'd say it's like 73 to 75. How about 70 to 75? That'd be my guess. Okay, 47 reviews. Right now, it currently sits at 47%. What? 47%. And here I said it would not go 20% lower than what I, what I said with the between like 45 to or 41 to 47. So, wow, that's nuts. What? 47? So, can you read some of the reviews? It looks really it doesn't look good. And you know what? They keep there was predictions that this was going to make how much less than Wakanda Forever? It wasn't much. There was like this big deadline article that had oh right box office projections, yeah, and that, it wasn't. And this is like in the U.S. Estimate, uh, guesses, and it was it was not that much less than Wakanda Forever. Yeah, I don't see this doing super well. Yeah, I don't. Uh, anything good? I don't know. I don't. I don't really want to read too much because I am going to like force myself to see this on Thursday to get it over with. Because <laughs> I've said, I've said from a long time now, I don't think this looks good. I'm not interested in seeing it. We're getting all sorts of rumors about some cameos that we can get, and that's basically the only thing I'm looking forward to. But, you know, the DCEU is basically dead. Yeah. I mean, it's on life support, if anything, and I'm just losing interest, and I just don't think this is so good. So do you think, we were talking about this before recording, but obviously I said if this fails, um, uh, if this fails... Could this be such a detriment that it like totally derails the DC? I don't think so, but I I mean we've got uh, so many big announcements following you know what it was Sunday or yesterday it was yesterday we got all these big announcements attached to the DC. But if this movie fails, how much of a detriment is that to the DC? It's hard to tell because they've had so many delays in these movies. We got four movies next year, so it's not going to delay it post until like twenty twenty four. I don't know. This whole thing is a mess. I think yeah. you just try to, I don't know. I don't even know what you do with this anymore, but 47%, man. I guess we'll talk about that next week. I'm not lying when I say I, I'm looking forward, more forward to um, seeing Ticket to Paradise this weekend starring George Clooney <laughs> and Julia Roberts. Like I would rather go see that. I'm going to go see that this weekend, but I would just rather see that in general. It looks fun, though, because it's with Clooney and Roberts, and I think they will end up making a fun pair. And if you're saying, based on the reviews, the reviews for Ticket to Paradise is higher than Black Adam. With more reviews, it's at 67%. <laughs> but I, I want to point out that these are the people that gave Halloween Ends at 39%. I just okay. can't. I can't. And I was going to... I was going to ask, with that being the case, obviously you don't think that score is warranted, but do you think the amount of hate, I know, what one, what did Lexi think, your wife, of Halloween Ends, and with the divisiveness, have you heard from a lot of people at work in terms of like they've hated or liked Halloween Ends? I know some people that liked it at work, most, most I would say did not, and then uh, Lex was pretty mixed. She was pretty mixed, hmm. and I would, I would say she leaned more negative. 
Hmm. I, I mean, I, I do understand why. We don't need to get into this again, but I, I will. This is like my ride or die movie. I don't think this is like a top four Halloween movie. It is in my top five, I would say. Yeah. This would, I mean, this could be, this could honestly be in my top three. This could be number three in my, in the franchise rankings for me. You know, if they, if you were to couple this, and I, I hate to keep going back to that, but I feel like if you, yeah, man, I'll have to come back to you on that because that, there's a possibility this one ranks pretty high for me. I don't know where exactly on the overall, but it's, it's high. And what's the one theory you said that, you oh, heard yeah. as a rumor. And I still don't know. So this was a rumor that I accidentally read months ago. It was in like a comment section. And I was like, oh, it was after they had done these test screenings and they had leaked out that this was going to be like one of the big twists. And I was like, oh, crap. And I guess it's possible that it could have just, it could have been real. They just cut it or altered it. But it was that Corey was Michael's son. Oh, and he's like carrying on the legacy, and I don't know if that was intentional or it like was like passed on. And he's losing it, um, and I was like, "Crap! Why did I read that? I mean, I didn't do it intentionally. Uh, that scared me." Because I'm like, one, I don't mm. even know how that would even be possible. When would, when would Michael have been out banging? You know, <laughs> yeah. When would he have gotten the chance to bang? Yeah. And two, and- that's that's a that's a step too far. I don't like that idea. And they kind of, it is kind of like passing the torch in a way but in a totally different where it's more supernatural and i like that a lot better yeah oh for sure that would have been that would have been insane this was i think this is wild uh i and i can imagine them you know sitting down to break down the story and they're they're coming up with this idea and getting excited because it is so radically different i can envision that and be me like i understand why they thought this was a great idea i like it I also see why people would absolutely hate it. But that I think that would have like driven people absolutely insane. They would have been laughing. I feel like that would that would be that would be really bad. I I am not I'm glad we didn't get that because I was just playing that scenario out in my head and I think I would immediately have been PO'd in the theater if if that happened. I guess he could have I guess he could have just like had sex with a nurse. Or if it was like the doctor who ended up like taking because of like test reasons i don't know and like he took his sperm and he was like i want to see what this does and well remember we have like the weird loomis type character in 2018 yeah which i just think and he he could have just like become so fixated that he stole his sperm and like wanted to basically recreate him or something but that's we're getting that would be like the most insane territory ever yeah, that's where looking back, I'm like, I'm I'm glad we do not have that because I mm, I would not like it. <laughs> Corey, though, man, I think this one might be the the best looking Halloween, at least of this trilogy, perhaps yeah. of the entire franchise. It everything about it was I love the setting, the look of Haddonfield in this one. They shot this one in Georgia. Um. They they really knocked it out of the park with this one. It's it's just really well done. I agree in terms of the look of this. I think this is the best looking Halloween we've had since the OG. Um, even more like 2018, that Halloween was a good looking movie, and it moved like there was a pace to it um, that was especially in the beginning. You know, going to the prison or uh, the the institution and going to 
um, Lori's home. And like the pacing was, you know, methodical, but at the same time, there's also like, this one just seemed like a natural sequel overall. And also like, even though I felt like Lori, the tone of Lori was a little different in the beginning of this movie and shifted into what it felt like it was more natural. Um, there's also something about Lori that seemed to me more along the lines of what we would have overall if you, you know, put someone in this situation and you fast forward 40 years. So, um, I mean, yeah, this is the more we're talking about this movie, I feel like it just is going up in my overall rankings of the Halloween movies. And I to. want to watch this. I actually, I'm excited. I and I did not see this with my dad, who's a huge Halloween fan, not only of the franchise but of the OG movie and specifically of John Carpenter. So I'd be curious to know. I, I'm really curious what his take is on this because um, he thought he was so so immediately on 2018, and Kills was okay to him. But I'm really curious, like if you really like the OG Halloween. Are you gonna like this? And like, or if you're a fan of Season of the Witch, Halloween three, are you gonna be a fan? Like, I don't know. There's I'm curious to see the fans, if those that like this movie, which movies they liked most, you know, uh, in that franchise. Did you like the the titles that the callback to Season of the Witch? It's like the same blue. It's the only one that's yes. not the orange. I thought that was cool because again, that's one that doesn't feature Michael at all. And then this yeah. one. We're getting one that barely features Michael. It's a nice little reference. Yeah, I dug that. I dug that a lot. Um, and then there's also a lot with the... At first, I wasn't a fan of the graphics at the beginning, uh, but then with the pumpkin at the very end where it splits open and there's just like blood everywhere, I'm like, I dig that. That's cool. I liked it because it was it was basically giving birth to some new evil. Like the pumpkin yeah. becoming... Like coming out of the pumpkin, I was like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. Yeah. Like it, in before I even knew about the Corey stuff, I wondered if this was going cuz in my head I'm having this Corey could be his kid thing already going. Oh. Thankfully that didn't happen. All right, well we'll wrap this up. I'm glad that we liked it, you know. Well, even though critics are saying this is a stink fest, we don't think that's the case, but next week we will definitely be talking about a stink fest because <laughs> I don't think either of uh, of us have much, uh, or we don't have high expectations at all for Black Adam. <laughs> Absolutely not. Ooh, goodbye, DCU. Oh, jeez. Well, all I can say is, until next time, we're going to keep watching Halloween. Halloween.